Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, J.J. Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest, greatest, Batmaniest news. Um, hopefully nothing else gets canceled. <clears throat> but we're not talking about that today. We're continuing talking about the out-of-this-world awesomeness that is Batman the Animated Series. And who better to talk about Batman with than uh, the host of Always Hold On to Smallville, Zach Moore. Thanks again for joining me, Zach. Those are the only qualifications I need. <laughs> the, the only DC property that Batman has never appeared in. Because he's everywhere else. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's uh, 30 years... Um, 30 years since the show debuted and is just as engaging and relevant as it ever was, in my opinion. Um, and so the episode you picked is a really... is actually a really interesting one because unlike a lot of episodes, we actually get literally inside Bruce Wayne's head in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we're talking Perchance to Dream, which uh, Kevin Conroy has said multiple times that this is his favorite episode. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought that, that, I thought that's why you picked it. <laughs> uh, that's his go-to answer, huh? That's good. So he, this what? is Tom Welling's transference. It's Kevin uh, Conroy's. Yeah, Perchance yeah. I, I, I would understand why, though, because this is probably, I don't know, one of the ones he gets, he gets to do the most amount of stuff. And he, he's mostly Bruce Wayne in it. Too. He, he's mostly Bruce Wayne, and he's Thomas Wayne, and he's son. You look sick, son. <laughs> yeah. And and oh, uh, you know, real quick, I love the bit when he's like, "Oh, we gotta stretch out on the golf course," <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, that sentence took like three weeks, man." <laughs> uh, but but then not only that, but also quote unquote evil Batman at the end of the episode, which you're not out. well, Mister Wayne. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, this is a classic. Um, so Zach, you know, uh, so you didn't know this was Kevin Conroy's favorite. No. What what uh, what made you pick this one? Well, the Mad Hatter is my favorite Batman villain. No, I <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just one of those ones that always stuck with me. I mean, there's so many great ones, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like every you got your Heart of Ice, right? You got your Demon's yep. Quest, right? Yep. I mean, you got these are Robin's Reckoning, Two Face. Yep. Uh, you know, the, you could go on and on and on, but I think this one. I think this one, everyone remembers this one and likes it. I don't know if it makes anybody's like top 10, but it's definitely on mine uh, just because it just is something really cool and creative because I mean, I, I mean it's an extremely unique concept and, it, and it's a fun. What if situation? Yep. Like what if you, I mean, what a crazy like twilight zone episode this is, right? He wakes up. He's not Batman, right. but Batman still exists too. So it's not like he woke up and like, there's no Batman. There is a Batman. And that, that also becomes his obsession. And that's so interesting. And he has this, what you think is an ideal life. And, uh, the, and as things unravel, you know, he gets to the bottom of it. So I, it's one that, it's those ones, one of those ones that sticks with you afterward. You're like, Oh man, because it's, it's kind of like, um, well, there's so many things that, that are, it can remind you of like in fiction, but like, sure. I, I think about like, uh, for the man who has everything with Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's got the black mercy, and not mm-hmm. only is it this crazy experience of like this bliss turning into the worst thing ever, but then you wake up and you remember how great it was, and that's that's its own torture too. So I, mean, I just think that was so much. And you know, these episodes are so short, right? It's like twenty five minutes or whatever. Right. And it, at the end, like he has those two lines with Gordon. There's like, here it is. Like, what was it? I'm like, can't believe they got Commissioner Gordon here for like 
one line of dialogue, right? right. That's the thing about that's the thing about animated shows. You can do that. It's not a big deal. It's like, hey, uh, we're gonna have you record like three or four episodes today, right? Right. Uh, right. Bob Hastings, right? Yep, but yep. Uh, yeah, but he's just like the stuff the dreams are made of, and he walks away. You can tell he's all sad. He's ripped up about it because he's so yeah. pissed at Mad Hatter when he wakes up. It's like, how could you do that to me, right? So anyway, that's just haunting stuff that if it were longer, you'd have a whole like three more scenes of him talking to Alpha and all that stuff. But because there's not, it just kind of hangs there and it sticks with you. And it's just like, man, anyway, so it's very unique. And that's, that's why uh, I wanted to talk about it. It's, it's a very uh, bittersweet ending that um, show, you know, especially animation, you know, I've, I say this pretty much every episode. It's like, they, they weren't doing stuff like that at the time. You know, there, there was always kind of a happy ending. Whereas with Batman, those guys realized, Oh, we can tell these kind of, darker stories and kids will still respond to them um that you know sometimes even though the good guy wins it's 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 a hollow victory attached to it and and that's kind of strangely an important lesson i think kids need to learn right yeah um yeah but it's uh but it is so you know and i love that you mentioned for the man who has everything because i thought of that too that it's this show did its best to stay away from like aliens and supernatural-ish stuff. Like, Zatanna's in an episode, but it was most... It's sort of implied that she's just a regular magician as opposed to having actual superpowers. Um, whereas with this, it's like... It's it's not the Black Mercy. It's some random device that the, uh, the Mad Hatter had made of, you know? Um, kind of like the Hugo Strange episode, right? You know, where he can yeah. re read thoughts. Um, That's another one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't think... You know, it's it's interesting because the Mad Hatter doesn't uh, he he doesn't find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman in it. He was content yeah. just to trap him and then leave him there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that is, I mean, it's a great story, and again, it's short, so you're not you don't really have, and that's goes with advantage. You don't like you don't have enough time to think about like what was your end game. You didn't take right. his mask off, like you know, yeah, yeah. like you you set the well. Even Bruce is like, you know everything about me. He's like, no, I'm not the real Mad Hatter. I'm like, what? How does? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You programmed it to be Batman would be the Mad Hatter because you didn't even know that Bruce Wayne was Batman. So how did, right. anyway, <laughs> but yet, but that's not what this is about. It's not right. about the mechanics of the mind. It's about like the Bruce Wayne and his reality and all that stuff. And you know, it, it's funny thinking about because we're talking about Kevin Conroy being Bruce and evil Batman. Like, you know, you know, like in Batman Limited Series, I really liked how he had like two different voices. Like he was yep. like, "Hey, hey, doctor, right?" And he's like, "Oh, commissioner, right?" right and then right. in Justice League, it kind of finds like some like middle ground where he just always talks the same way. Yeah, um, I get it because he's not like the star anymore. But I really appreciated like, and I don't, I don't even recall. Maybe in the new Batman Adventures, it's more it, like Justice League too. But it was a little bit like that. Yeah, there was a there was a lot more gruff in the Batman voice, mm -hmm. but less so. But he wasn't as his voice wasn't as, wasn't as aloof. Right mm. it, when he was Bruce Wayne in, in yeah. the new Batman Adventures, you know, <laughs> that's like, a good word for it. Yeah, but you know, it's it's that was his deliberate attempt to separate those characters. Well, I, I love it, that. I love yeah, this. Yeah. That's the whole point of these dual identities, and I wish other superhero properties would, would lean into that more. You know, when you get you know, as much as I love Superman and Lois, you get Tyler Hecklin out there and be like, "There's no difference." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of the Dean Cain model too. <laughs> Same. Very much. What's with yeah. these TV Superman, man? I mean, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just that's what I that's what I thought of. They're thinking about that because I uh I I, I like the Fox the Fo I call it the Fox era. I guess everybody calls it that, right? The Fox to me it was Fox Kids, right? That's what yeah, these yeah. came out on. Like the but then before it was Kids WB. I always prefer the Fox Kids era, and I think I think everyone does. 
right? They, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, when we talk about like Spider-Man, we're talking about that old show and we're, and X-Men 92 is getting a sequel series on Disney plus with the X-Men 97. Right. You know, and, and Batman, the animated series is still kind of the touchstone, right. You know, that everybody's, uh, you know, when they talk about Batman, it, it always comes up, you know, um, as somebody's definitive Batman, you know, yeah. like you, you, Lance and I have talked about this many times, um, that it's like, oh, that, that, that that's Batman, you know? Yeah. So, you know, Christian Bale is cool and, you know, we like Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton we grew up with, of course, but, but this is Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, close your eyes, read a comic book, think of Batman, it's this guy, but, uh, yeah. but they, yeah, this, this is in the original set of episodes when they had the, the title cards are always so creepy and the music yep. and all that. It, it just, it's funny. Cause they, I guess they, they wanted to streamline it. So they made it like Superman when they brought it back for the fourth season or, or whatever they, whatever they define it as. Right. You know, right. Is it another show? Is it a fourth season? But to me, it's always these early episodes. It just felt it's, I don't know. It felt like more of an event. I don't know. Classier, I guess. Um, very, you know, the very self-contained stories. Like when, you know, they, they would kind of call back to some of the episodes sometimes, but it wasn't a requirement, you know, it was always like they, you know, if he talked about the Mad Hatter, he didn't say, you know, oh, I see you escaped from prison after that time we fought in the <laughs> Alice in Wonderland museum exhibit at the Gotham Park or whatever. They, they, they right. didn't bring that up, but there is still a history with those characters. Is this his second episode? I think it is because there's there is really not that many. <laughs> no, there's there's uh, and kind of like that with Mr. Freeze as well that and, and the Riddler that they were kind of spaced out enough that, you know, I think that for, you know, Freeze, for Mad Hatter, um, you know, that there wasn't like a miss, you know, the, these episodes. Right. It's like, well, if we're going to use the Mad Hatter, let's do something kind of new and cool with it. I guess the, um, the difference between it, because that's, that's a good comparison. I think Freeze and Riddler, there was like maybe three episodes each or something. Mm-hmm. And they're all great. Uh, but the Mad Hatter, like he had a, this is maybe one of his only featured episodes, but then all the other, he'd usually be in the groups. Yep. Like when they go to Arkham, he's there, and like uh, when Batman get, I think it might be called Trial, where he gets put on trial yep. by the villains. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's always in the groups of people and stuff like that. But Riddler and Mister Freeze are like not involved in that, so even them they've set apart more. But Mad Hatter, yeah, it's like the Joker, and he was in so many episodes, but they're also good. Yeah. And the Penguins in so many episodes, and they're also bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're just filling all the space in between these other villains. But anyway, right. and I love Roddy McDowell. Right. Oh yeah, that was a get too. I mean, you know, you figure like. His claim to fame at the time being probably yeah you know, the first Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. but he's still a very distinguished you know like theater actor especially yeah and, um, and and you know and he just it's one of those situations where if you look at Roddy McDowell and you look at the matter they don't look anything alike Roddy McDowell would probably not have been cast in a live action setting but it's just so cool like the voice just works and it just. You know, like when he has the moment at the end when Batman says, why did you do this to me? And he just breaks down crying, saying, I didn't care where you were as long as you left me alone. And you almost feel for the guy for a second. Yeah, he's like, you ruined my life. I'm like, damn, Batman does ruin these people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what the trial episode's all about, is Mm -hmm. them trying to convince, you know, each other and Batman that they that he's the reason that all their lives got ruined. And um, and I I love Brian McDowell, though. He's in the 60s Batman show. That's right. He's a bookworm. That's right. That's right. Who I, I think I think they invented 
to replace the Riddler because Frank Gorshin like wanted more money for a while, <laughs> and that's all we had. Is I, John I, Aston is the Riddler sometimes. <laughs> that that sounds right. <laughs> um, but um, no, I mean it's it's funny because there is a there is a Mad Hatter. I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen the Mad Hatter episodes of the sixties, but it's it's not Rodney McDowell. He's another character, but that is cool right. that there is some like legacy Batman there for, for him as well. So maybe that's another reason he was like, oh, cool, I'll do this again 30 yeah. years later. <laughs> well, it's also that, well, the Mad Hatter previously was more of a haberdasher, right? You know, so <laughs> he was just sort of obsessed with hats and had hat-related crimes. And then when they did the first episode, the Mad as a Hatter, Paul Dini wrote, who's obviously a genius, he was like, well, that's stupid, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what if, what if we, what if we just made him obsessed with Alice in Wonderland? It makes so much sense. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's like, why hadn't anyone thought of that before? Just reinventing these villains left and right, you know, yeah. like Mr. Freeze and Mad right. Hatter, right? So, yeah. And, and, and it works perfectly too, because you get to see, um, because, because it, it makes sense for the character, but it's also just like, um, it, it, it puts a new, a new enough angle on it that, you know, when he, you know, they did an episode called The Worry Men, where, you know, he's brainwashing all these rich people into, you know, throwing their money away so oh, he would steal it, you know. I forgot about that one. I mean, that is another Mad Hatter episode. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and that's, that's why I put them on par with like some of these, you know, higher quality episodes. Cause it's like, man, they were just clever with the way they used this character. And the thing about the Mad Hatter in this is that he's not even in the beginning of the episode. So you don't know that it's him doing it. Until Batman, you know, your Bruce Wayne rips off the the mask, and it's the Mad Hatter. Just like he like tries to rip off the mask, and the whole costume comes with him. <laughs> He's just staring at the Mad Hatter. Yeah, the, the the mechanism of him finding out who it was and getting out was a little like, eh, but again, that's not where we're here. Right, <laughs> it's not what this story's about. <laughs> it's just the idea of well, if we fall in the dream, we'll wake up and. We, well, which obviously see, is true in dreams, but but are you talking about a kid show, right? I mean, they they pretty much say you have to kill yourself without seeing it because it's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, I'll see you in your nightmares because we can't say I'll see you in hell. This is coming <laughs> on Saturday morning, at right? Right, nine a.m. But I mean, that's a dark thing, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and and probably you know the thing that stuck with me most about this episode more than anything else, and I, I feel like there are a lot of people our age that thought thought they learned this from this episode was you cannot read in your dreams. <laughs> Which which is like, not true. <laughs> I know that's you lie to me, Batman. Because yeah. like my whole life, I thought, oh, what a cool trivia fact! Like yeah. I'm going to share this with people. But then I'm then I thought, like I don't know. I feel like I've read things in my dreams before. I right? I, de I definitely have, and I also remember uh, hearing music. Like I could hear the lyrics to a song that I yeah you know, in my dream, and and going on Facebook and saying something like, I had this dream that I I was listening to this this song was playing, and then I started flying. You know, so that's obviously a dream. And somebody commenting, going, "I didn't think you could listen to, you could hear music in your dreams." And I was like, "Well, I did. <laughs> I swear to God, man." <laughs> oh man! Um, but but the 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 reading thing—that's so funny. You mentioned that because I I thought of that too. And I was when I was reading about this episode, it's much more complex than that. It's like you you can read in the dream, but the the words are jumbled. So you might be reading something that says like "turn left here," but your brain can function, can figure out what it means, but if you're to actually like freeze frame it, it that's not what it says. Something like that. See, the science makes sense. What Bruce tells Matt Hatter is like the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain, right? right. I mean, that, that that makes. I'm like, okay. I mean, Batman's a smart guy. I'm going to trust what he said, but uh, I don't. I don't know when I've like officially found that out. But I was so disappointed <laughs> that this trivia that I learned from I, Batman the animated series was not true. 
I think it was a psych class in college or something where I was just like, oh, so Batman's been lying to me for 20 years. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. It, again, that's not why we're here. You know, it's like it it's a cool enough device that it Bruce can figure it out and figure out that there's something wrong. And uh, and it, it's a really, a really good introspective episode. There's not really a lot of action in it. You know, it's just Bruce kind of coming to terms with the fact that maybe I don't have to be Batman anymore. Somebody else is Batman. Okay, this is great. And then realizing that, no, no, this this isn't right. You know, somebody, you know, somebody, I'm, I'm trapped somewhere and I have to get out. Yeah, um, well, it's smart. He goes to Leslie Tompkins, who's a yep. doctor who he trusts and talks to her about it. And she's like, well... You live a life of privilege. Maybe you've attached meaning to this Batman and, you know, all this. It, it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like the small episode, Labyrinth, where he's right. in the in the insane asylum. They're like, well, this trauma has caused you to create this fantasy world. And I'm like, this is a, tro- this is a trope in all these kinds of stories, but it, but it works. I yeah. mean, it's, a, it's an interesting way to get a deeper look inside these how these characters thinking Selena Kyle is there and they're engaged to get married. I'm like, this this is this is exactly like what what would happen inside his head like that. I thought that was so the attention to detail bringing back all these, you know, side characters and into this wonderful life situation. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and, and the big thing is like his parents being there, you know, that, that sets him off right away. Like, Oh, this has to be a trick. And, uh, and don't they say something? I think they say something like they, they almost got mugged, but they, they, the police showed up or something. Did like they? That. I, don't, I don't remember and that. May, maybe I'm put, putting another episode yeah. on it. Some other alternate. <laughs> well, in the in the Justice League adaptation of For the Man Who Has Everything, that that is what happens. The guy. Oh, you know, yeah, maybe that's probably why it is. Yeah, because he gets the black mercy on him for a minute. Yeah, and then he sees his dad fighting off uh, Joe okay. Chill, or <laughs> we assume, yeah. Uh, voiced Jack by Kevin Napier? Conroy. No. <laughs> he was actually voiced by Kevin Conroy in that episode. It's deep, man. There's deep <laughs> meaning there. Yeah. Like I, I like it. I like it when the villain, when the, when the killer of the Waynes is unknown. Because I always thought, like, if he knows who it is, that kind of defeats the purpose. I don't know. Like, I know that's like comic lore and they change it all the time and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, I, I kind of prefer when it's his faceless, you know. And even there's, I mean, there's an episode in the animated series. Again, I don't know what it was, but like, he's like, his parents are going down an alley and he sees like a floating gun. Yeah, that's uh, the Dreams in Darkness episode. Okay. It, where he, so he's, again, Another great introspective <laughs> yeah. Batman episode. He sees them go into like a tunnel, and then the tunnel turns into the gun. Yeah. And then it's it a Scarecrow episode, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. See, I mean, because that, that shows like the unknownness of the of the of the mugger and all that. Anyway. Right. Anyway, right. But uh, but then uh, they set it up really well with like you know he he wakes like he gets knocked out as Batman. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's, he thinks it's a normal day with, with Alfred. He's like, hey, Robin, bring me home. He's like, Robin, sir, I thought you and Miss Kyle were. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Girl, he hooked up with or something. He's like, oh, well, very well. So he tries him in the back cave. It's all very logical. It's, it's, it's very cute. And then and it kind of comes back around later when, you know, he's mad at Alfred for like, what are you talking about, man? The back cave, Alfred. The yeah. Cave in the ground with the big black card. He's, you know. <laughs> yep. And, and then later on, when he thinks, oh, maybe this is my life, he's all like joking with Alfred and stuff. And yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just think they, for for one of these stories, I think they they delivered on all the potential to it. You know. It you know, and it's it's really it's well done because it's you know, like you were saying, it's a really short episode. Uh, you know, and you know, I think most of these episodes, like Justice League, was at first could have been two parters and they probably could have gotten away with it. They didn't do very many of them, but making it so tight, you know, just like, like you said, like just like 20 some minutes. And then when it, um, 
it, when it's over, I, I don't know. I always, especially rewatching this for these for these segments we're doing for the show, I always feel like I feel like I just watched like a movie or something. There's so much that happens in it, and it's bizarre how much story they get into it. Like, I mean, those guys were way ahead of the curve, you know, back in the day, and apparently they were always in a lot of trouble for it. But you know, yeah. they, they were just like, we didn't care. We were telling stories we wanted to tell, and. If yeah. it's selling toys and, and all that shit, nobody cared. They're like, okay, well, fine. They're doing something right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's no subplots. There's no, like, I, I, I liked how you were in the fantasy world the entire time. Yeah. Because I, I recently watched the Arrow's 100th episode, right? Invasion, oh, yeah. right? It's, it's very similar. Like, Oliver yeah. Queen, he wakes up, his parents are alive, right? He sees the Green Arrow do something, and he's like, whoa. And he kind of throws him for a loop, and he's obsessed about it and all that. Um, but the, the problem in that one is they keep cutting back to all the other stuff that's going on. Right. And, he, and, and to me, it's like, no, you got to focus in because you want to be on this journey with, uh, with Bruce, just like, you know, like in Smallville and Labyrinth, like you're in that journey with Clark the whole time. And, and you know, it's going to not be real. Right. Right. So that I mean that other stuff doesn't matter. Like, but you want to live and explore this world you're in right now. Um, like, cause it keeps escalating, you know, right. to the point where he's like punching out cops and climbing yeah. to the top of a bell tower, you know? So, well, you know, like, um, like the movie uh, Taxi Driver, you know, there's there's fan theories out there that at a certain point, the like halfway through the movie, the rest of the movie is in Travis Bickle's head because he keeps getting away with all these. Um, you know, I haven't seen the movie in a very long time, but you get you know same thing with that Seth Rogen movie Observe and Report, um, mm. which you know was a very different kind of Seth Rogen yeah. movie than we were getting in the er- in the early 2010s, but. Um, but regardless, you know, I I love that kind of fan theory where it's like, well, you know, the, the rest of the movie has to be in this person's head because they keep getting away with more and more outrageous things that there's no way they wouldn't have been caught by the police or mm. fired from their job at the very least or something, you know. Um, but I like do to- agree- like Total Recall, right? Yeah, same thing. Um, and I remember the first time I saw it, I was, I mean, I was older when I saw it. I was like twenty eight or twenty twenty seven, twenty eight. So I, I, I kind of knew the basic plot, but watching it and then reading about it later where it's like, at a certain point, the the main villain, who's the same villain from, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, gosh, uh, Robocop, right? Um, oh, Ronnie Cox. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he basically lays out what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. And then all of that does happen. So, and then the fade out to white at the end of that movie. Yeah, you could say you could be lobotomized. Yeah. Right. Like, it's right. so interesting. And I, and I think it works either way. Oh, yeah. Because you look yeah. at like Inception, you're like, ah, I think they, I think that's not a dream. <laughs> like, I, I think that's, you yeah. know, but I think something like Total Recall, like, no, I think it really could go either way. And it works. It works either way and it tracks either way. And when you can, and then you can just talk about it and, and just, and, and it gives a rewatchability because then you want to rewatch it and see, like, oh, is this fake? Is this not? So, anyway. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, it's funny about the invasion episode with Arrow that, you know, because I forgot about that. That's very similar. Um, but that that one is at a disservice because it's the larger crossover. So, of course, they have to have they have yeah, to come back yeah. to like the Flash and Supergirl stuff. <laughs> we have to pay for Grant and Melissa Devine. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's a lot of money to be wasted if we didn't do that. So that they're at a little bit of a disservice there. By the way, when the Flash 100 episode showed up i was like oh it's gonna be in the crossover i wonder what they'll do and they deliberately made it so it wasn't a part of the crossover and i was like oh you motherfuckers <laughs> it see it can be done <laughs> so, you just you just you, you tricked me uh, but in either way but yeah you know like like smallville with Lamp- labyrinth and um 
you know, there's a Buffy the Vampire episode that's kind of the same thing where she thinks she's in a psych ward and doesn't know what's real or whatever. And it's such an interesting trope in sci-fi. I'm sure I, I don't know X-Files very well, but I'm sure there's an X-Files episode that's like it. There, there's at least one I know where Mulder like wakes up in some like fantasy land where his parents are alive again and something like that. And there's so many Star Trek episodes like this too. So right. I, I've seen the I've seen a couple of the Star Trek ones and Futurama did it a bunch of times, you know. Um it's so it's it's a it's a well worn trope that I think if done well, us at the at the end of it as the audience, like and I find stuff like that so fascinating anyway. Um there's the uh, the House of M comic book uh from Marvel from I want to say 2007 or 8, something like that, where Scarlet Witch kind of goes nutso and gives everybody their perfect life. And and then when, slowly but surely, when all the heroes figure it out, they they go to stop her. And there's a really good moment in it where um, Jessica Drew says, uh, you know, Spider-Woman, she says, you know, well, okay, but like, don't we have everything we want here? Shouldn't we just be okay with that? Maybe we should stay in this reality. And Wolverine says, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and and I always found that that logic interesting. Like, you know, and, and uh, Thea goes through it in the invasion, right? You yeah. Know, where it's like, you know, do we stay in the dream because the dream is better? Or do we go back to life because that's real? It's mm-hmm. a very interesting philosophical debate that we as the fans can kind of have afterwards, you know? And Yeah. And it's tough because who among us hasn't had like a really good dream, right? You know, I, I've had, you know, I've had one recently where there was a a woman I had a thing for that kind of confessed her love for me and we were kissing and I was like, this is great. Oh my gosh, we're going to get married. And then I woke up and went, Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very upset about that. Uh, I never, I haven't told her about that dream. <laughs> I think I'll keep that to myself. Keep that, but... <laughs> I'm gonna keep that to yourself. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean that everyone can relate to that on some level, and that's why movies like Inception are so interesting. Beyond all like the whole like spectacle and all that mm-hmm. stuff, just that, just like because they'll, they'll like, are you with the dreamer? Are you part of someone else's dream? You're like, ah, oh, it's getting all metaphysical now, right? So, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really fascinating. And um, have you ever read the original comic, the For the Man Who Has Everything? That Alan Moore wrote. Uh, no, I, I I have only seen the Justice League Unlimited adaptation. So it's it's pretty faithful, but it's uh, it obviously they they they've molded it more into their show. Um, but uh, it's it's actually you know, if you if you have like DC Universe still, um, I I would highly recommend looking at it because I personally prefer the animated episode. I think it's a little bit tighter, um, but it is a really great story where you you know, to have that like moment where the villain kind of wins, even when they lose, they kind of win, you know? Um, and it's, and it's funny because this particular episode we were talking about before we were recording is slightly based on, uh, it's detective comics number six thirty three, where it's like Bruce Wayne wakes up in the river and he, and he's like, he swims to shore and he goes, uh, and he goes home. But, there's no Batcave. It's just an empty basement. And he's like, who could have done this to me? Tim Drake is there as his ward, but they're just like, but they're just like buddies. They don't like, <laughs> they're not Batman and Robin. Interesting. And yeah, I, I hadn't heard of this until you mentioned it before you started recording. This is interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to seek this out. It's it, it. What was what's funny about it is that I, I thought it was going to end the same way with the Mad Hatter 
being revealed to have done all this. The way the show ended, or the way the excuse me, the uh, the comic ended, was that it's this psion- it's the psionic kid who you know is all deformed and has mental powers and tried to get into Batman's mind, but ended up thinking he was Batman and Bruce Wayne was a separate person. It was a little bit confusing. Um, was he Tim Drake in the story? Is that no, no, uh, oh. he. It, he tried. I think he wanted to be Batman and ended up separating Bruce Wayne from Batman, but oh. then it like shut him down. So it's kind of like <laughs> okay. that Justice, Justice League episode um, Legends, you know, where it's oh the, with, with the fake Justice Society, right? Yeah. And it's so he hey, okay. Where this so, kid come from? You just a meta human or something? Or? Yeah, essentially, because <laughs> they don't. Right. They it's a done in one issue, so they they don't explain where he came from, except that there's a bit at the end when he's on a talk show. And and that's all you find out. That's all in his head. He's just in a hospital bed, and the doctor's like talking to Batman. And he's like, "Oh, we don't think he'll ever wake up. We don't know what's going on with him." And Batman's like, "Well, keep me posted, you know, I, you know, because obviously this kid now knows everything about Batman, but mm-hmm. he's comatose essentially." Grant, uh, Grant Morrison will bring him back one day, I'm sure. <laughs> if he hasn't already, <laughs> sure. Like um, now, I'm thinking about it, kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Smallville episode, uh, whatever it was with the the kid that you know Lex was friends with and Oliver Queen bullied Excelsior. Academy. Oh yeah, he turns into the 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 guy who can astral project or something. Yeah, yeah. So reunion. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. It, it 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 reminded me a little bit of that because he was um because you know he was comatose but he had powers where he could get out of his brain and you know mm-hmm. but so I guess like Justice League took that idea and you know the same kind of thing happens in uh, you know the Dr. Destiny episode of uh, that was his name right Dr. Destiny in Justice League uh, which is you know one of my Dr. Uh, Fate? No no uh, the no no Dr. 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 Destiny he has he has the skull face kind of looks like Skeletor and he's in oh. all their dreams oh and Batman's uh, the only one who can fight him because he's still awake Dr. De- is it Dr. De- is it it's not I, like Doctor Death. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's Doctor Destiny. Yeah, um, mm. but yeah, that that episode that's one of my favorite Justice League episodes. I don't remember that one. I mean, I probably saw it, but oh, it's you know. Well, you better catch it on HBO Max before they take it off of there. Uh, <laughs> but again, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> okay, I have my um, own DVD, physical media. Oh, for there the you way. go. You, so you have that too. Until Warner uh, Brothers comes and <laughs> takes it away. And... <laughs> this is a tax write-off, son. <laughs> tries to sell it (laughs) make some money (laughs) oh Oh, man um it's a good episode of batman the animated series right it's good yeah yeah it's you know what what works about it is that it's it's doing kind of like what those you know what the invasion episode arrow does you know as opposed to the labyrinth episode of uh smallville was that it gives bruce everything he wants it's like well, you can be happy. Your parents are alive. You're marrying. Selena. You can be happy. <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to be Batman because somebody else is Batman. You know, and uh, and I find it interesting that 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 kind of test of the hero, like, no, we, I have to go back to reality because this isn't right. And it's, and you know, would I be strong enough to do that? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, but it's sort of that that. That thought of like, I think it's some sort of old saying where it's like, "What's worse, a beautiful lie or an ugly truth?" Right? Um, and it's it's interesting to kind of put yourself in those shoes and think, "Well, would I 
how would I react in that situation? Luckily, I'm boring enough that nobody's going to do that to me, but... <laughs> You know, like, what if you, what if your podcast was the biggest podcast in the world? Like, wow, maybe I would stay in that dream. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where uh, uh, it kind of shows you why they're the heroes. You know, they always make the right choice. It's a tough choice, you know, yeah. which is, I'm shocked Smallville never really did this over, you know, 200 episodes. Like they never, <laughs> they had a couple alternate realities and stuff, but it was never like a, like a Black Mercy episode. Like it's a slam dunk for Smallville. I'm shocked oh, yeah. that was never an episode of Smallville. Right, they, they did uh, but the, like one where Clark has to like choose to to leave the, his ideal life, and because Labyrinth, he's like, no, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the 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 closest we ever get, and of course he'd want to escape Labyrinth because that's kind of a hell dimension <laughs> or like a hellscape sort of. Uh, which again, that Phantom was an idiot. He could have given him everything he wanted. And... <laughs> right? Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, the, the, I think the closest we would get would be the apocalypse. Uh, excuse me, the apocalypse episode. Where, you know, it's mm. sort of Clark's, it's a wonderful life where he tries to check in on everybody after he, his ship never crashed. Which, right. by the way, the ending of that episode has always bothered me. <laughs> oh, the, where were he and Kara put him in the ship? And yeah, the... weird. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's annoying that they didn't even try to attempt to like, like, that's clearly a different timeline now. Like, this right. is... <laughs> Yeah, and it's just it's people forget about that part. You're right because it's just you think, oh, it's the episode where Clark lives in the other life and Lex is president and blah blah blah. Yeah, but then there's like an extra 15 minutes where he has to go back in time to Krypton and stop Brainiac from killing his baby. Right, <laughs> it's, Which, a lo- it's a great episode. I love it, but it, yeah. it's a very loaded episode, and you, it creates a lot of questions about time travel and stuff. Like, where's parents? Right. Where's and Lara? Right, like they should have had they should have had like a a couple extras. Laying over there in the corner, like, oh crap, Brainiac killed his parents, which they would have had to do. Right. But anyway. Well, yeah, and that's that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other like, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's, that's the other closest scenario that I can think of anyway. Yeah. And and I and I always kind of dig these episodes because you do get to to learn about the character and the and the show, you know, with this episode, Dreams of Darkness that we were talking about, not being afraid to dig into Bruce Wayne's personality, because there's quite a few episodes, you know, that where he's almost a side character in his own show, which is fine because that's how you change up the formula, right? You know, let's, you know, this episode's all about Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. So Bruce is sort of on the sidelines. Um, Whereas this one, it's, you know, we don't even know who the villain is until the last couple of minutes. And, and I think it, it speaks to the quality of the show that we're not sitting there going, okay, but yeah, but who's doing this? Like what's going on here? Like we're, we're in it with him going, wow, this is different, that's different, you know, like, you know, like I said, like, how would we react? Like, you know, if I was able to score with 92 Michelle Pfeiffer, I, mean, I don't think I'd leave that dream, you know? <laughs> well, was she the person that confessed for love to you? <laughs> <laughs> she was not, no. <laughs> yeah, hell, even 2022 Michelle Pfeiffer, I'd take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was like when that movie Stardust came out. And, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has all the old age makeup. And I made this joke about Michelle Fiverr is hot. No, no matter how old she is. But like during the movie, my friend looked at me and he was like, still think that look at her. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, you know what? Stand by it. I'm down. <laughs> um, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Uh, Superman and Daredevil were in that movie. So that's fun. Um, oh yeah, that, that's like that's the combo crossover right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize that was him. I was like, oh, Henry Cavill. He hasn't done anything, and he had done a bunch of stuff actually. Count of Monte Cristo, man. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Tudors, which I never watched. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I saw a lot of 
a lot of my friends uh, in high school, um, well, I've always posted a picture of Henry Cavill. I guess it was like on their on their live journals. I'm like, what are you yeah. guys watching? What are you girls watching? So. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I never saw it. More, you know, more power to you all for. for no, I never saw it either, but it was very popular with my female friends. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> I, I can imagine why. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, this this uh, you know that's why I, I I've loved revisiting these episodes. Not that I really need an excuse, but kind of watching them as an adult is is a obviously a very different experience. But I also feel like you know I you know maybe I'll for like my kid we'll watch like you know like Batman the Brave and the Bold because that's yeah, yeah. not as heavy. You know you know a couple episodes are, but for the most part, this show just wasn't afraid to just be heavy with its themes and challenge the audience so no wonder they were you know when the show started it was in prime time you know they were like oh this is you know this is the era where steven spielberg was start he started the warner brothers animation studio you know and they had tiny tunes and animaniacs and all that stuff and i don't think he had much to do with batman but you, know, you figure that his name was attached to the studio at least so they were like let's pump some money into this and really yeah. make it special and it shows you know 30 years later it shows yeah, I mean, these stand the test of time, you know, like I'm like, it's like, yeah, I'll show my kids this one day, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I was watching. I was five, six years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's always been funny to me thinking about, uh, you know, um, Zaki Hassan and I talking about um, Two-Face and how they they just nailed the Two-Face origin. And then a couple of years later, they do the movie and it's just they just treat it like a this comic caricature. And well, like, Mr. Freeze, same. Yeah. And but but even then the Mr. Freeze stuff took inspiration from the animated series to <laughs> That's have the irony. Yeah, <laughs> to to have the wife in, you know, stasis or whatever and but they mm -hmm. just so it's like, "Oh, that's cool that they kept that, but they it's like you you you're learning the wrong lesson sort of yeah. thing, you know." Like Batman 3 was right there. Like make the Two-Face thing a movie. Like that's yeah. all you had to do cuz that was uh, and that was a uh, guy they had that's the thing like they did two-parter sometimes the Two-Face was a two-parter, yeah. uh Clayface was a two-parter, yeah. yeah. Ray Ghoul, uh the Demon's Quest was a two-parter, like they for some reason Heart of Steel was a two-parter. The one <laughs> I like, don't know. like yeah, those are good episodes, but yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure, we'll pick this random. I assume I don't even know that's from the comics, uh, Hardak or whatever. Like, did you guys just invent this? Like, oh, we're, it's worth two episodes of our time. <laughs> this well, robot like, duplicate, you know, story. But then they got the the third episode out of it as well. That's the, probably the best one. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's another identity crisis, right? I mean, that, that's could you could draw some connections to this. Probably a guy who's not Batman thinks he is and all that. So let's yep. that. It's such a great show, and like in in this era of like. You know, streaming TV and everything's like connected and, and, and long form storytelling. And but like it's like a movie in 10 parts. I'm like, OK, I'm kind of that has its place, but it's so nice to just randomly watch an, a random episode of Batman the Animated Series. I'm like, ah, that was nice. It's a nice, self-contained, entertaining, yep. enjoyable experience. Right. I uh, have you seen uh, The Good Place? Uh, my wife has. So that's okay. one of her favorite shows. I've seen it, parts of it. Like it's. <laughs> it's it's worth it's worth sitting down to binge. I've, I've liked what I've seen, so yeah. But but that is very much kind of the same thing. Because I was thinking about it the one day I wanted to watch it, and I was like, well, I want to start with like the last episode of season one, and then start restart season two, and because that's when like the big reveal of all that stuff happens, you know, uh, which I won't spoil here for anyone who hasn't seen it. But uh, I remember like as soon as the episode opens, I remember just being like, you know, immediate feeling of like. 
well, maybe I should have watched the first few episodes first because it's just we're we're like mid story, and that show was well, it's fantastic, it's great storytelling, but it every episode leads into the next one, so there's just one long like fifty episode arc as opposed to like you know this, which is eighty five episodes, and for the most part, you can just jump in on an episode and figure out what's going on pretty quick. Um, and is and I agree that I I kind of miss that you know like there's 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 pros and cons to both, right? You know, we're, well, I'll just show you this random episode. You know, here's, here's the perchance to dream episode where, you know, Bruce is in, you know, he, he thinks he's in an alternate reality or whatever. Um, versus like, well, let's watch the good place, you know, chapter 14. Then you're going to be totally <laughs> <Right>. lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, that was also the days of, uh, I remember when like, you, you know, like, like Smallville kind of was like that, you know, it's like previously on Smallville and they did, a good enough job of catching you up but after a while it was like by the time you got to like season five or six you're like you really you know i remember talking to my dad about it and he's like well isn't you know but he's superman i'm like well, well not yet he's gonna be superman you know and that's like Luther, and he's a good guy and i was like yeah he's gonna be the bad guy you know <laughs> uh but i think also my dad just liked to bust my chops too so <laughs> there's some of that yeah. there too so smallville was like in the middle ground of like you know because 2001, right? It's like the nineties was behind it. The two thousand was in front of it. Like it's right in the middle of like everything before that was so like episodic, but now everything right. after that is like a complete, and it's so, it's so rewarding and fulfilling to have like, Oh man, paying off watching five years of something or what any show. Right? right. But again, there's just something about, especially your life's busy. You don't have time to watch a whole season of something. You just want to watch one episode. And then of course it's the nostalgia from our childhood, obviously sure. is a huge factor in this, but, but I see, I, I would say even remove that this stuff stands on its own. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and because uh, I I loved uh, you know being able to you know like Ma mask of the phantasm. I you know was, you know, a friend of mine was like, oh, he's like, let's watch something Batman. I was like, I was like, all right, I'm a are you cool with animation? Because I got something Batman for you. <laughs> and we watched it, and she was like, oh my god, that was a, that was amazing. And I was like, yeah, I know it's. <laughs> You know, they they branded this as a kids show, but not really. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, and and you know, like you and I could watch it and dig into like the the, the fights and the and like you know, like a Batman doing cool stuff, and you know, you know, Robin being there and everything. You know, you know. So there's the surface level stuff that that still holds true, but the fact that a lot of these episodes really weren't afraid to really be deep and be introspective and and not talk down to the audience at all, you, you know, was really something special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the, like you talk about the, some of the sillier comic book villains, they adapted or not silly, but you know, they, they found yeah. a good way to translate them. I mean, we've talked about this before, but like the baby doll, like, you know, that's incredible. Like One of my favorites. Yep. <laughs> and I think, yep. did they invent her for the show? I believe they did. Yeah. And that was another Paul Dini that. one. Yeah. Look at that. Paul Dini, you know, if, if someone needs to be in charge of DC properties, <laughs> you know Bruce Tim and Paul Dini man sign these guys up because they they know how to how to translate things and because it, you can be a great comic writer it can't translate the live action but like this animation form is the perfect you know transitional form for that and I don't know people people will say oh they just did the cartoons where the cartoons are better than anything else we've got live action you know so, it's, and it's not a cartoon JJ it's an animated series <laughs> it's you know it, it's it's really true though I, I, I think about that a lot that you know, you know, it's something that we've talked about before. I've talked about with Lance, you know, that thinking of something being all ages. I mean, you look at like, I mean, Pixar movies, you know, 
I watched like Inside Out, and I watched that as what was I? I was twenty. 27 28 when that movie came out bawling my eyes out thinking i don't know if a if a little kid would get it like maybe they they'd be mm. into, into the characters and the adventure but you know the the really introspective stuff about that movie you know or even something like up which is traumatizing for any age yeah. you know the first like yeah. 10 minutes of that movie for god's sake um but but yeah it's you know animation can really give you a, a storytelling platform that you know, live action would be limited to. And it's different nowadays. The CG has come such a long way that Marvel and Disney can throw all the money in the world at these shows and, you know, with their Star Wars and their Marvel shows. And they they won't deny that they all look great. But every now and then it's a little bit like um, we're getting a lot of style over substance. Um, Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And so. it, which is a shame because it's a six part movie, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, but like, you know, like Moon Knight probably would have been better as just a two hour movie because after two episodes, I was like, I think I'm done with this. Like, I'm, I'm I thought really, Obi Wan Kenobi would have been better as a two hour movie. I, I, you know, I that one did drag out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, you get Hayden Christensen to come off his farm and. <laughs> just being, just put him in a Darth Vader suit. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. Man. I guess you know we'll talk to Lauren Wynn about that one, because so. uh, she's a huge defender of Attack of the Clones. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, any uh, any kind of final closing thoughts on uh, for Chance to Dream? No, I mean, I'd say if, if this is an episode that's kind of slipped through the cracks for you, to, to definitely check it out. You know, it's uh, it's. One of my favorites, you know, I, you know, there's, I, you make a, make a top 10. I don't know. It's, it's not enough. Top 10 is not enough for the, for the Batman animated series. I mean, this is a top, top 25 episode for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one day when I'm bored, procrastinating, I might try to <laughs> rank all these episodes, but this, this is definitely in the, in the, in the top tier. We'll say that for me, uh, because it's so different, you know, and, and episodes yeah. like this work because there's so many other ones that aren't like it, right. you know, like if they were, if they're like 10 episodes, but I want this to be one of them. I don't know. But like, because there's like 85, like this is, this is cool because it's so different than everything else as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's what makes it stand out. And then to just throw in like the Mad Hatter of all random, <laughs> random villains. Like it's so, it could be anybody with some, but, but, but again, it makes sense because he's a mind control guy. So right, I, right. I buy that that's the villain that would come up with something like this. And, and, and to have a guy like Rob McDowell pop up and the like, is it last five minutes? Guy's not barely an episode, but he leaves a great impression. And, uh, yep. And uh, it just it just, and it, it just it sticks with you afterward, right? So so well, we've we've spoiled it here. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> sorry, but I think it'll still work even if you know because rewatching it for this, I was like, this hits just as much as it did last time I watched it. So it it it, it definitely does. It's so it you know it's it's much it's so much better than it has any any right to be, right? You know, and it's you could say that about the whole series. You know, just like you know they they found a way to make these characters that. You know, I mean, Batman, Bad Hatter, you know, kind of are inherently silly. And that's why the 66 show could lean How into that. How dare you, sir? No. <laughs> but, you know, also, if if they made another like a uh, Burton Schumacher movie, right, or, or maybe not. Well, I think the Scarecrow was next. Right. Yeah. But it's like the Mad Hatter would have definitely shown up at some point. <laughs> I Because they I, were just going through the villains. <laughs> I thought a lot about that, that like Batman six probably would have been the Mad Hatter. Uh, or Martin, you know. Martin Short, man, you got to cast Martin Short. Yeah, he. I think he played the Mad Hatter in a Alice in Wonderland in like movie. A, 
yeah, like one of those TV movies in the late yeah, '90s. But yeah, I mean, yeah. perfect, right? And I, you know, I kind of it's it's interesting because like talking about the Fox Kids and the kids WB versions of these characters, Mad Hatter original, tall, so tall, yeah, right, like a tall guy. To me, that's kind of cool because like he's a lanky kind of nerdy dig guy, but he's just he's tall, so that's yeah. somewhat intimidating, I guess. But then when they reboot the characters designs he's this little short guy yeah and that's which is what he's more like in the comics yeah. right but i i prefer but i'm with you i prefer the taller version because it just it makes him more intimidating because it's like you got the short guy in the penguin like you yeah like, you know you, you got that version you don't need two of them and <laughs> uh exactly. i think 90 percent of those redesigns when they did the new batman adventures <laughs> i was not a fan of anyway so i mean batman is kind of a tie for me okay as is Robin, like Batman and Robin, like I like both equally. Sure. Right. Um, Two Face, they didn't really change much at all. Right. The Penguin is an improvement because it wasn't really, you know, the Dan and DeVito were moving past that, right? So I will say the Penguin is an improvement. Okay. Everything else is a step back. I well, I you know, the, oh, Scarecrow. Sorry, Scarecrow is an improvement too. Yeah, Scarecrow is pretty cool. I do agree with that. The they they never. Every time the scarecrow showed up, he looked a little different. Yeah, they, they kept trying to perfect it. I'm like, no, nah, it's not quite there. But I think that I think I really like the the, the new version of that. But yeah. uh, that that I that I definitely agree with, and I like that Batgirl her costume looked different from Batman. Yeah, yeah, I like I get all the bat all the all the hero costumes. I like them both, and because and then also it's like an evolution of time. Like, oh. Batman's got a new costume. There's a new Robin. Batgirl's officially on the team. Like it makes sense for them to change. But like, why is the where the Joker's eyes go, right? <laughs> or the red lips? You know, he just looks, why, why the, is the Riddler wearing a unitard now and not the suit? It's just very strange, very strange yeah. decisions they made. But the Penguin Scarecrow improvements. But but I guess yeah, Bad Hatter. Like I would like to see, you know, I, I, see he's not like a movie level worthy villain. But like if you if you have a Batman series that lasts a few movies, mm -hmm. right? You can like have a Rogues Gallery to have him just pop in and out. I would love to see. I don't did Gotham do the Mad Hatter, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh they they did actually. Of course. And, and it was it was what it was, I guess. <laughs> of course they did. I so. I had to laugh when they showed the design. I, I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, it was very much Panic at this disco inspired, and I remember sh sharing it with my cousin and saying, dude, actually he looks like he's about to tell someone to close the goddamn door. <laughs> but it, you know, that show was one day, what it one was. day I'll watch those episodes just because, but not that day is not today. So I <laughs> that would, is not this day. <laughs> I would actually recommend the uh the first two Mr. Freeze's episodes in season two, because those are actually pretty good. But it's very much inspired by Heart of Ice, right? You know, so I see I really do use the shows because I'm like, oh no, if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it all the way through. But now like for a show like Gotham, like, I don't know, maybe I will take like a check these episodes out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh just I, I what I you know, and I remember talking to a friend of mine who's a big fan of the show. Uh she said that she hated season five, and I said, you know what's funny is that like I I I really love the Smallville finale, but I hated the Gotham finale because the Gotham finale cheated and jumped 10 years in the future and so everybody can be older and bruce can be batman and i was like no 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 <laughs> like you just uh, but whatever that's a whole other conversation <laughs> but hey, I'll, uh, I'll i'll say this last word then i think uh like many of the villains and characters uh this is my favorite version of the bad hatter so yeah. batman animated series I, I, as with almost every character here the definitive version of this character in my book so i i i'm 100 on board with you there i uh, like the the Mad as a Hatter episode, his debut episode is one of my all time favorite Batman stories in any medium. Um, 
And like I said, these episodes, I don't think they have a miss uh, with Mad Hatter, with Scarecrow, with Riddler, Mr. Freeze. You know, they just, um, even the Joker, who was used most frequently, you know, is like, wow, like, they just, they got it. You know, they yeah, they, they, saved, they saved all those bad episodes for Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's one or two that are okay, you know, but we there can't, are. maybe we can't get past, I've got Batman in my basement. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those poor kids. Anyway. Uh, Zach, this has been a total blast. Uh, so thank you for joining me, and this is really amazing episode as well uh, to get. And and thank you for reminding me about you know like the Smallville and Arrow and connections. You know like you know that's why you're here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, thanks for telling me about the comic book. I didn't know. I had no idea. I just thought, man, those Batman they made series writers are at it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's 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 the the main thing that's the same is that he goes and buys like uh grappling equipment because he mm. tries to find the imposter batman and then and and he but he's wearing a ski mask and it's really funny at one part he's trying to fight the imposter batman and the police run in and he says no don't shoot i'm batman it's like and then his thought bubble is i wouldn't have believed me either <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow bruce you're really losing it here <laughs> i am gonna seek this out and check it out but uh but yeah you know uh, always marvel with one s on twitter you can find always on the small little and all of our sister shows like always on the arrow and always on the star Wars and all that good stuff. So we're talking about that stuff. We're, uh, we're going to, going to launch our, our eighth season coming up here. So we're in the, in the stretch run. There's yep. just three more seasons of Smallville. So, yeah. And then, and then what are you going to do? Well, yeah. always on the heroes, of course. Oh so. yeah, of course. You know, I have expected you to just Thanos it up and you go, then I retire with a grateful yeah. universe. <laughs> the, the work is done. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, Talkville's doing it. But I will admit that not as great because they don't seem as into it. But it's a totally different situation for them versus you. Um, I know. I, I am enjoying Talkville. I, I am. Yeah. I think. Uh, and, and, and more than anything else, Tom Welling's been a revelation on there to me. Like his enthusiasm and knowledge and about the yeah. stuff. Like, like yeah. man, you really cared about the show like not that i didn't think he cared but like right, you right. know it's it's just it's so because like have grown up watching star trek and stuff right and you see interviews and conventions with people and i'm like i don't know about that. it's like i don't know about that i don't know about that like, like this is my life you guys yeah. need to take this more seriously <laughs> and you know yeah. to have you know and rosebaum has a little bit of that but like for welling like to just remember all this stuff and takes it very seriously and sharing all his insight and he's like yeah the more i watch the more i remember i'm like that's really refreshing. Like to, to hear these guys yep. sit down and talk about like craving. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Cause you've heard them talk about the pilot a hundred times over. So I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying the, the talk field journey, but. Uh... Um, no, I, oh, I, I am too. I just, I just find it funny when they, I mean, my podcast is better. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but you know, some of those rewatch things and, but you know, then you have like uh, Stephen Amell, who's just, always been a champion for arrow and so that's always been kind of nice on that end um but yeah uh, when, when is talk arrow coming from <laughs> you know you you have you have failed this podcast i guess there's no there we go they'll think uh, of something yeah but uh, or pod meets world with the boy meets world cast who don't remember anything but still did a show about it um hey whatever you know everybody's got to rewatch podcast these days um but uh, but yeah, so uh, as for me, you can find me at 4ComicJunkies on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly Twitter. Uh, email me, 4ComicJunkies at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we just, we just want to leave you all with the thought that this is the podcast that dreams are made of. Or something, I don't know.
there's no machine here. Unless, well, you're listening to it on a machine, I guess. That's cool. So, yeah. You, your machine there. Your phone is the stuff that <sighs> dreams are made of. Or whatever.